KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. After the tragic condominium building collapse in Surfside, Florida, it is not hard to imagine condo owners and condo associations across the country asking hard questions about the condition of their buildings. A lot of people taking a second look at inspections and maintenance reports and worrying, could that happen here? We wanted to talk about the future of condominiums and what we could see after Surfside. So we caught up with David Wilk. He is an assistant professor of finance and director of the real estate program at Temple University's Fox School of Business. Give a listen. So to start, after this tragedy in Surfside with this condominium building, partial collapse, half of it collapsing, I have to guess that just about every condo association in America is taking notice and is probably asking questions they never thought they'd be asking about. Could it happen to this building? You know, what do we need to look at and and what could happen here now? Yes. And not only could this happen, but it's very common in condominium projects for there to be a consistent meetings with the members and the condo council to address issues relating to deferred maintenance, to replacement of roofs or re, you know, re uh, painting or other types of repairs and maintenance that go into keeping real estate at its highest value. And so not only is there the regular condo association duties But now there's this heightened awareness that this is not something to be casual about, that this is really a serious discussion and that it's uh, changed its tenor as far as condos go. Certainly condos in areas surrounding this property and then definitely condos in general. And one of the things I was reading an article that I, you know, I just never thought about is the condominium is a relatively new invention, 40, 50, 60 years. So you've probably got a lot of these buildings that might be in the same state of play as start as far as their maintenance and all. Now there were, you know, with in Surfside, you were oceanfront, you had a lot of elemental things that maybe you're not going to have other parts of the country. But these are all buildings that are kind of coming of age all at the same time. Yes, definitely. And the salt air does huge damage, as those who have properties in beach or coastal areas know. It, um, it accelerates the depreciation and the wear and tear on buildings. And in this particular case, these, this condo is right on the ocean. And uh, anecdotally, uh, I grew up three blocks away from this condo complex in Surfside, Florida. My grandparents were in a, what is now about a 60-year-old building, two and a half blocks north of Champlain Towers called the Four Winds. And they're at 92nd and Collins Avenue. And so there is, it's almost a concrete jungle if you look along Collins Avenue and the ocean in this area of North Miami Beach. And so I'm sure that not only are the condo associations, ideally, they're, they're 
keeping on top of what they think they need to do. But now they're going to have to look even closer and the government will now get even more involved requiring emergency inspections and making sure that they're doing everything they can to prevent a similar catastrophe. And kind of explain, you know, condo associations is basically everybody that lives in the building all kind of has a say in, in what's done and what's done. I'm sure there's different setups, but kind of explain how it works for people that, that work in condos as far as deciding maintenance and stuff like that. It's a uh, very complicated and challenging, Matt, because the typical owner in a condo wants to enjoy their unit and wants to, um, to be able to live there and have a sense for predicting what their expenses of ownership are going to be in the property. And the unique thing about a condominium is, and the reason why condominiums can also include a lot of amenities like pools and parking garages and tennis courts and um, walking trails and club rooms and things like that, even theater rooms, is that the condo structure allows each unit owner to hold a, what we call a fee simple interest in their unit, which is the amount of space within the walls of their unit where they walk in and everything around it is theirs. But then all of the common area, which are the hallways, the elevators, the, the lobbies, the paving, the front parking areas, the driveways, the parking lots, the, the pools, the, in this case, in the oceanfront area, all of that is owned equally. Let's say there's 100 condo owners. Each condo owner owns a one one-hundredth of the common area, and that is the combination of what they call a fee simple ownership of your unit and tenant in common interest in the common area, meaning each person owns one one hundredth of that. And what a lot of people don't realize is that whatever happens in the common area is also the responsibility of each one of the owners. So if you have a million dollar repair that you are doing in your condo and you have a hundred owners, then each owner is responsible for $10,000 worth of those repairs. And so that's a worst nightmare for a condo owner, because if you're living there and all of a sudden you, let's say you just bought a unit, let's say you find out, oh my gosh, we need to completely reseal and replace the garage concrete because of weight, air, aging, oh, excuse me, aging and wear and tear, then you're looking at a $10,000 bill and you can't get out of that. You're, in other words, you can't say I'm not paying that because then they can put a lien on your property if you don't pay the assessment. So that's and that's where it gets really complicated. And with renewed scrutiny, with maybe things that people look past, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable situations where people, you know, all of a sudden are going to learn that X needs to be repaired uh, and there is a, that you're going to be stuck to your point with a bill, uh, that you obviously didn't budget for and weren't planning on, but it's something you have to come up with that you're going to see a lot of people put in a pinch. Exactly. And, and you can imagine that that creates an incredible amount of emotion on the part of the condo owners. And a lot of times 
for bed, unfortunately, that emotion is taken out on the condo board or on fellow residents because everybody's got to chip in and many people don't have those resources. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm very limited in what I really know about the Surfside situation, but apparently they knew that something major had to be done on that unit going back as far as 2018. And the condo board could not get all of the members and, and all of the what all the politics aside to create the final solution to be able to make the changes. And that turned out to be catastrophic. And at the same time, um, I read that condo owners, condo board members resigned from the board because of the acrimony over the, um, the reaction from the residents to what had to be done. And that's a really, I, I understand both sides of that thought process because you as a condo owner are just shocked and frightened by the amount that you have to come up with. And as a condo board member, remember condo board members don't get paid to be on the board. They basically are doing volunteer work. So they're trying to do the right thing in most cases. And, um, and they get the uh, wrath and ire of the residents on something that they didn't create. In other words, Mother Nature and and other factors created the problem. And unfortunately, it falls on the condo owners to pay for the fix. And uh, that's a very common condition in condo complexes because you can't own, to your point earlier, you can't be an owner of a condo or have a condo association of a building that's not new and expect to not have maintenance and repairs and other types of expenses to keep the value of that condo at the appropriate level uh, and not neglect those issues. And I think there's probably a lot of places across this country that are sitting on reviews, inspections that are not good, but for the longest time, yeah, we have to get to it, but it's just kind of human to say, well, well, it'll work out. But then to see something catastrophic like this, all of a sudden, the worst case scenario is tangible. And we could see a lot of action, people saying, we can't wait, this has to happen now. And it could really shake the condo market, no? It's hard to predict the impact on the condo market. It certainly will have a tremendous impact on people's due diligence when they go to buy a condo on exactly what they're buying into and what do they know and what they don't, what don't they know. And unfortunately it takes, it, it's going to this situation, this horrible devastation in, in Surfside is going to pot- potentially impact the marketability of units in the future, unless there's clear cut evidence of the structural soundness of properties and also knowing exactly what the future uh, cost and exposure would be. And, and this is, if you think about the real estate market today in Miami, uh, North Miami Beach, in this area, the real estate market would, would have to be characterized as really strong 
right now. But I, I can tell you from clients and other situations that I've been a consultant on, 10 years ago, we had an opposite problem and in condos. And this was people were um, – all, all these condo units were being foreclosed on. There were tens of thousands of foreclosed condo units in the Dade County, Miami area at the heart of the recession. And when people, let's say you have 50 condos out of a hundred that are, um, are foreclosed on or in litigation, what happens is the owners of those units stop paying condo fees they stop paying taxes, real estate taxes. They stop paying maintenance. And what happens is for the 50, unfortunately, for the 50 remaining people that aren't having difficulties, they have to pick up the slack for all of the expenses of the condo. Otherwise, the condo loses a lot of its value. So it's the worst case scenario to have a condo where condo unit holders are not contributing to the to the pie and then you can't say well we don't have to worry about maintenance and we don't have to worry about keeping the power on in the lobby and in the hallways and being able to have security or whatever the cost of running the condo is the management fees and cleaning services and landscaping and all of that. So you wind up in a situation where people are paying double what they thought their condo fee was going to be in a time of depressed, um, low market conditions. So it's, it's really got multiple tails to it. Obviously said can't predict the future, but do you think this is something that we will see we could possibly see hesitation condos across the country do you think it would mostly be your beachfront your ocean side condos that people will have the most questions about uh how do you see this playing out as people kind of look at this maybe through different lenses now uh, going forward it will be it'll be geographically specific and local localized in geograph geography, but think of it this way: you automatically know that the condo association is going to every condo association will probably incur additional costs for doing structural and other types of engineering studies to make sure that there aren't any problems and to to really do exhaustive studies on um, the state of the building from the structural to the roof to the foundations to everything and that that will not only occur in the area of this catastrophe but it'll occur everywhere around the country especially since there are high-rise condos in many major cities around the country and then if you think about um, California and Hawaii and other parts of the U.S. where there are um, seismic activities, then you have that whole issue of how do you know that there aren't structural issues that could be exacerbated by a a natural event or natural disaster. Um, So you have a lot. So it's probably safe to say that condo associations are going to have to spend 
a, a lot of engineering money to make sure they can assure their residents that something like this can happen. And again, that cost is going to have to be spread out over the condo owners as well. Um, also, from an insurance standpoint, it'll have a, a major impact on insurance companies in what their underwriting standards are for buildings and perhaps, you know, a um, condo association cost for insurance may potentially go up because the insurance companies also need to do those tests to assure themselves that they're not going to be liable for damages on something like that. Um, Legal expenses will go up for condominiums because, the board members are going, most condo documents will be looked at by legal counsel to make sure that if something happens in the future, who is liable for that and who, who, can, who can be responsible for damages. And similar to um, corporate boards, there may be issues where you have a total exodus of people who are serving as volunteers on condo boards because they don't, they, you know, many people are doing that. It's a thankless job, number one. Number two, many people are doing it because they have skills and desires to do some community service and to to be uh, helpful to their neighbors. And now all of a sudden, the members of this condo board in Florida and also members of other condo boards where they've had issues of surprise assessments and other things like that. I mean, they they can be abused by their residents for doing trying to do their job because the residents don't want to hear what happens, what what they have to pay to do that. And they always and and the and 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 a sometimes typical reaction from human beings is to want to put the blame on somebody, right? Like somebody's, whose fault is this, right? So, and then, I mean, this is the situation in Surfside is just catastrophic. And my heart just, my heart just aches for all of the families and people that were impacted by it. I mean, it is beyond anything that your worst nightmare. Condo market that we'll say possibly could be in flux here in the the near to mid future. And we are looking at coming out of the pandemic with so many people working from home and a lot of places deciding that's how they're going to be commercial real estate in flux, kind of putting those two things on top of each other. We could be in for a lot of interesting situations. No, always. That's the really fun part about real estate, Matt is that it's so unpredictable and no matter what cycle or what time in our economy we're in, there's always a lot of different real estate impacts and real estate situations that, that come from that. And the, the residential um, market, the condo market will obviously be impacted in the short term by having a lot more attention paid to the safety, security, and integrity of buildings. And also to your point, it probably will also trigger the same type of um, look for commercial buildings, for non-residential, anything that's high rise will probably, any high rise building owner will say, wow, 
you know, that's something I don't ever want to happen to my property. So I better make sure that if there is any type of engineering certification that I have it, I'm proactive about that and any type of remedies or solutions or fixes that you want to be proactive in terms of going after those as well. So in a way, you know, older office buildings that may not be filled with tenants anymore, maybe now is a time to take a closer look at that and make sure that um, there's no issues there. And that has a double-edged sword because the the one edge is that um, while the buildings aren't occupied, now's a good time to do the testing and do the certification. Uh, On the other hand, um, if you're a building owner that has a building that's not full, you may not be getting any income from that building. So you may be looking at incurring costs that you that are even more painful than what you're dealing with right now with a unoccupied or not fully occupied building. So there's all these twists to every situation. And in areas like Los Angeles and San Francisco and other markets like that, you have the added, the added issue of having earthquake regulations that require extra structural precautions for those buildings too. And we talked a lot about with regards to the condominiums, the people that are currently living in condominiums. Do you think, you know, over the next few years, one of the big problems will just be a a portion of the population that may have been interested prior to this just says, Hey, you know what? Not worth it. I'll stay in my apartment or I'll, look for a house in a more rural area. Could we see kind of that kind of ripple effect where all of a sudden the, the market's just not there for, for these types of condos? I would say, yes, you could. It's definitely possible. And it doesn't take a lot to say, um, I, I was not uncomfortable before, but most people think when they go into a high rise building, that everything's going to be fine while they're there and until they come back out again. The worst nightmare for any high-rise building is that what happens if something does happen while you're in there? Your your options and are very limited. So it'll create, to, you, to your question, it'll create a lot more deliberation on the part of people who might have lean towards doing that to say, am I, do, am I sure I want to be on the 16th floor of a high rise building or would I rather just be in a, you know, in a house or in a, you know, a mid rise or something like that where I'm not, uh, I, there's no chance that that can happen. I mean, there will be people who will think that how pervasive that is. I, I don't know, but there definitely will be that thought process. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.